We are on page Kuf Pei Ches in our books. We're at Amemar, which is in the middle of Tes Zion, in Enyakov Perak Aleph of Seita. We're at Amemar. We're still... There we go. There's the soda can opening. We are at Amemar. Amemar Masnila. Amemar taught the entire thing we just discussed in the following way. Aha. What does it mean when it says, What does it mean that it says, around page Kuf Peches? What does it mean in the Pasuk when it says, For I, God, will never change, and you, the children of Yaakov, you'll never be destroyed. I, God, never change. I never had to hit a nation, I never had to smack a nation down and then do it twice. Whenever I, doesn't mean I don't change, it means I never doubled, I never did something two times. When God does the job, he finishes the job. I never had to return. I smacked with... What? Oh, the word shanisi means change. Normally we translate this as God never changes. But the way the Gemara is translating this is not as God never changes, but God never doubles. God never gets to, God never has to circle back. Right, I never have to circle back. When I smack a nation down, they're gone forever. So When it comes to the Jewish people, the Yaakov, you'll never be destroyed. This is what it means when it says in Hazinu, that I will use up my arrows on you, which sounds like a negative thing. God has a quiver full of arrows, and he says he's going to keep shooting them at us until he runs out of arrows. I'm going to use up my arrows on you. But that's not a negative thing. It's actually a bracha. I'm going to use up my arrows on you. means my arrows are going to end. You're still going to be standing. I'm going to fire everything I've got at you, but I'll never destroy you. We're the one exception to this rule. So every other nation, when God comes after them, he is He never has to repeat himself. One shot, they're down. When it comes to the Jewish people, he can empty a quiver into us, all of his arrows into us, and we still will not be destroyed. The Jewish people will never be destroyed. He says, We said earlier that God does not uh, beat up a nation until they're entirely ready. That he doesn't send a king away until he's entirely ready to send them away. Now we're putting it on the individual. Rabbi Hamnuna says that Hashem only pays back a person for his Avedas. He waits until a person fully deserves the punishment they're going to get. Shnemar, so uh, just a couple of notes on this before. We, I think we're going to try to do some of Yud Zion today, also maybe even all of Yud Zion, but a couple of notes before we move on from this section of God smacking people down and never having to repeat himself. I wanted to point out that there are some exceptions to the rule of Sismali Sese. There are some exceptions to the rule that God waits until a nation or a people or a king fully deserves it before utterly destroying them. One of the most famous exceptions is in Azayar and Parshas Neach, Daf 61b. Look it up there. It says sometimes, oh, you know that one? Okay, sometimes, it says sometimes God has to destroy a nation prematurely. Why would he have to do that? Why does God have to sometimes destroy a nation before they've done enough Avedas to really deserve it? Because they're about to destroy us. There's a rule that he's not allowed to let any of the nations destroy us because Atem and So if a nation decides before they've done so much evil that they're going to come after the Jews, God cuts them off early and he's sad about it. And then the Zayah brings this as one of the reasons why you weren't allowed to sing by the, uh, by the sea. One of the reasons why God didn't want the Malachim singing by the sea, it's a very famous Medrash, the Malachim starts singing when he splits the sea and makes the Egyptians drown, and God says to the Malachim, how can you sing? My people are drowning. The Zayar explains this as God saying, these Egyptians, they weren't that bad yet. They actually would have been destroyed maybe a hundred years later when they'd done enough of Avedas to earn it. But I had to wipe them out early because if I didn't wipe them out early, the Jewish people were going to get destroyed. So I'm unhappy that I had to do this before. Yes? It was also why it was difficult for him to bring couples together. Like Kasha Kukia Samsov? Yeah. yeah that's you get a lot of rope. Uh-huh. What? You get a lot of rope. What do you mean? The Egyptians are pretty bad and they still work. Yeah, hard. you're right. You're right. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, nations nations do get a lot of rope, as you just said, before God really smacks them down. And sometimes he, but sometimes he, has to, he has to call them in early, which, by the way, 
This is all over Shas and Paskim. This is all over Midrashim. That if a nation wants to die quickly, the fastest way to die quickly is to start up with the Jews. And the reason why is because God really is quite lenient with nations. He really gives them a fair amount of time before he destroys them, but not if they're standing in our way. If they're standing in our way, that is the fastest way for them to decline. You'll see great powers. The moment that they start messing with the Jews, that's the end of them. That's the beginning of the end for any nation that messes with us. Um, of course, we just translate in a very strange way, at least for Hasidim. This is the normal way people in the world translate it because they don't have tons of Maimara Hasidus on the Pasuk, they just have a Gemara. So if you ask the average person, the average, I guess, uh, the average scholarly non-Chabad Hasid, what does mean? They'll tell you it means that God never has to smack down a nation twice. That's what it says. That's what it says the Gemara. Hasidus was really the thing that made into a fundamental Pasuk. It was always a Pasuk somewhere in Tanakh. It was always something that was mentioned vaguely in Shas, but it was never the biggest deal by us. Aniyavayelashanisi is the ultimate Hispanimus. If you don't know this already, I'm going to fill in some of the blanks for you. First, I'm going to tell you a real simple one, and then I'm going to tell you the traditional complicated one, and then if we have time, we'll move along to the next section. So a simple one that you might not have heard before is that Ebed Ashab says in Samach Vav somewhere, can't remember where, didn't write down the source on my sheet, he says that Aniyavayelashanisi vatavineyak of lechlisem, I, God, never change, and you, B'nai Yaakov, you'll never be destroyed. Kalisem can also mean have kalis nefesh. So that's supposed to be said, says that Abba Rasha, bismiyah. It should be said in a shocked way. That is, God says, I've never changed. You see sequence, you see time and space pass in front of you. You see a world changing around you, and you know that it's all me, and you know that I never changed. That's wildly inspiring. And if that doesn't cause you kalis nefesh, I don't know what will. So, think about the fact that I never change. Is it possible that you could think about that and not have kalis nefesh? That's instant kalis nefesh. Uh, just to bring home, though, the traditional approach, in case you're unaware of it, you'll find this in Ha'umnam, my favorite mimer, and also the favorite mimer of just about everybody. It is the classic Hispanos mimer. If you're interested in thinking about Hasidus before davening, this is the mimer to think about before davening. It is the traditional Ha'umnam. It's in Patavshin Mem Gimel. Before the Rebbe Rashab was officially Rebbe, but he was already saying Hasidus. This is his first year of saying Hasidus. He describes it as the basic Kavana for Krishma. I want to just read a passage to you. The classic question. The Torah tells us that we have to love Hashem. A loving Hashem is Lashon Tzivah. God commands us to love Him, which is, first of all, a strange thing to command, and second of all, an impossible thing to command. You can't command somebody to love you. It's Tali Behergish. If I love a person, I love him. If I don't, I don't. How am I commanded to love God? And the Rebbe Rashab's answer is, the command is not to love God. The command is to think about God, specifically to think about By the way, one of the only places in Hasidus Chabad you will see the word memela, excuse me, memela consistently. That means automatically. One of the only places you'll consistently see Hasidus Chabad use the word automatically is when it comes to Hispanos. We generally are allergic to the word automatically in Chabad Hasidus. This isn't something we do. We don't have anything automatic. You've got to work for stuff. There's no cheat codes. However, there is one that is all over Chassidus, and that is this. Almost every time any of our Rebbeim talk about Hispanos, is that proper Hispanos is in Meila, Yava, Yava, instantly, automatically causes a transition to Ava. What does that mean specifically? She is Here we go. Right. Right, that's right. Mendel points out correctly that Hispanos is not Pederach Memela, but there are some, and this is at least the one, the one fast track to love is the hard work of Hispanos. And what is the Hispanos that brings you automatically to love? It's the Hispanos on a Nia Violation Isi. And here's what it sounds like. Thinking about the fact 
that before God made the world and now in that period of time, nothing has changed anywhere. God, you're the same way you were before you made the world and the same way you are now that you've made the world. Nothing's changed at all. Because all of the worlds are battle relative to you. The fact that the world appears to exist and appears to be changing and moving, that is a lie. It's not true. The fact is the world doesn't exist. Just appears to us to exist. That's the basic espanas of Obviously, it's not something you can do in two minutes flat, but if you sit around thinking about the fact that God is everything, and despite the fact that everything around us is changing, God has never changed, therefore the world does not really exist, that is a, that is a kalas nefesh espanos. And if you have that, is it possible? You could not have kalas nefesh? I, I don't think so. Have you tried it? Absolutely, and I found that it works every time. So you say that it was a popular one? You say okay. It is a very popular espanos. I will also warn you, like we talked about last time, no, like that, we talked about. A, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, violation is 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 the is considered the highest. What that, that what, explanation what of the red of the of yes. Ahuman, yes. Ahuman. yes 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 that that's the traditional approach in Chassidus Chabad to what a violation is means is that it means that God has never changed. You say you were gonna to to show to. I did both. I did both. The first one. Before the creation of the world, after the creation of the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Hirsch points out another fast track that's a mamela is when somebody tries to make you, uh, be, tries to make a shmad, right? Tells you bow down to an idol. It's one of the fastest ways to get somebody to put on tefillin is to tell them they can't. That's the ultimate trick I'm saying, by the way. Ask a person, are you Jewish? Do you want to put on tefillin? No? Fine. You can't have them. They will rush for your tefillin. So the fastest way to get a Jew to do something is to tell them they can't have it. <laughs> Noteworthy. Okay. Let's read Yud Zion because we have a little extra time, but I don't think we'll have time for the raid on Yud Zion, so we'll do it again tomorrow. He said, What does the following passage mean? That the tzaddikim should rejoice in Hashem. It would be appropriate for the upright to praise God. Don't read that it would be appropriate for the upright to praise God. Rather, read it as Neve Sila. The things that they built are praiseworthy. Zed David This means David Umesha. Shalei Shaltus and Ham Adam. David Umesha. What they built never got destroyed. David Dechsiv Tavob Aretz Shareh. By David it says that he built the gates of the base of Megdash and the gates that David Melech built, they were never destroyed. The ground swallowed them up before the temple was destroyed. David's gates are buried in the ground. They were never destroyed by anybody. The temple was destroyed, but not the gates. Meisha Damamara. Meisha. What does it mean that Meisha stuff was never destroyed? Because Mar said, when we built the First base of English, Nignus El made Kras of Krasha Bricha Muda Vadadam Vadanov, all the ingredients of the tabernacle. We buried them under the first base of Megdash, and therefore they were never destroyed. When the Goyim came in and destroyed our base of Megdash, they didn't destroy the tabernacle. The Mishkan is still there somewhere under the under the base of Megdash. Amrav Khista Amrav Vimi, Tachas Mechila Shell Hecha, if you want to know exactly where it is, it's under the Mechilis Shell Hecha. We have a ton to talk about with this, so I'm not going to do any of it now. Tomorrow we'll get into what all of this means. Thank you all very much.